First thing in the morning, it's First Thing on WJR. Here's Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Well, Renee, well, Jason, congratulations to you and your Macomb County brethren for uh, the reopening of of Mound Road between, uh, what was it, 696 and M59 uh, that uh, was under construction for two years? Two and a half years. Woo! Should we have a party? What do we do? Do we make appetizers, desserts? I don't really know what to do with myself. Well, we, you know, no, we got to go do some drag racing. That's, that's <laughs> right. a logical thing, right? Test out that new concrete. All right. Make sure it's sturdy. Well, that, that, that area has a special place in my heart. I went to uh, a, the kindergarten over there um, on, on a, at a church. I'm sorry. This was preschool at a church at Hall in Chicago. I'm sorry. Can I you lived- say kindergarten again? Uh, well, it was preschool, but, but yeah, kindergarten. Why would I, how'd I say it? You, you just say funny. I, you call it kindergarten. Kindergarten. That's my Michigan <laughs> accent. I like it. I'm sorry. And then proceed. I lived over, <laughs> I lived over in some apartments over there. So, uh, we could take our pick. They got an Applebee's over there. We they got a Buffalo Wild Wings. We can just go nuts. Just do a little pub crawl over there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, very exciting that it's reopened again because that was quite a headache and uh, frustrating for all the local businesses in that area for sure. Yeah, I saw a meme one time that said, uh, "Be like I seventy five and never stop working on yourself." I think it, uh, <laughs> I think that it applies here. I mean, I remember um, when the Rouge River Bridge was closed off and on for like two and a half, three years, and and what a pain in the butt it was Ugh. getting to and from downriver. Uh, my favorite thing during that that stretch of time is when a a freighter would come through uh, in rush hour and they had to put the drawbridge up and they had the drawbridge up for 20 for 20 minutes at like 530 in the afternoon. That was a blast. Oh, so. my gosh. I couldn't even well, imagine. Well, enjoy, everybody. Enjoy um, the fresh new concrete. Jason's going to let us know how fast his uh his Toyota Corolla goes from zero to 60. No, you don't drive a Corolla, Jason, <laughs> no. but uh, something, something just as sensible. Um, what's the deal with this volcano in Iceland? I, I am having such a blast watching the news reports of this thing. I guess uh, it's this two mile long fissure that, uh, that they've been expecting to erupt in Iceland. I guess they've been, getting a whole bunch of earthquakes recently and so they knew it was coming right they evacuated a couple towns they closed some roads other than that nobody's really worried about this well in I, fact i like how they told ahead. the people to avoid that area <laughs> the fact that they had to tell people to stay away right. from it really right like, right like there's a lane closure or something uh <laughs> no no selfies with the volcano please. No stay away from the volcano well it's funny you say that jason because there's people on the news and they're being interviewed about this volcano and, and literally it looks like all hell is breaking loose behind them. And they're so unbothered by it. They're like, Oh, that's a saucy one right there. <laughs> well, I guess I'll stay. I, I guess I'll return to my home in two weeks. If uh, it, you know, if it's not burned down to ash, right. That's a saucy fisher. Yeah. <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I just, I just love how calm the Icelandic people are about this. I mean, they, it, it, it almost looks like a Zoom background. It's, it's, it's. It incredible. does. I, I look. I'm glad that they can have a a two mile long, one to two mile long volcanic eruption and and not be worried about it. Good for them. We should all strive for that type of composure. <laughs> right. 
All right. Well, I, I guess in uh, other not as big news, Renee, uh, Colorado is the first state to have its Supreme Court rule Donald Trump off the 2024 presidential primary ballot. Now, there's been a number of other states, such as Michigan and Minnesota, who have had similar cases in front of their Supreme Court. Uh, tried to kick Donald Trump off the ballot under the 14th Amendment, which bars anyone from showing up on the ballot who engage in insurrection activity, of course, citing January 6th. Now, Secretary of State uh, Jocelyn Benson, she wrote an op-ed earlier this year saying that she does not have the power herself to kick Trump off the ballot. That power belongs to the courts and the Michigan Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, both here and in Minnesota, deemed Trump eligible because the primary is a party-run contest. I don't know if that still applies for the national election um, when Trump wins the primary or not, if we'll have to go through this all over again. But here's the thing. I, look, I'm not a lawyer. I, I guess I just want elections to be fair. I want them to be clean. If Trump loses, I don't want him to give any... I don't want to give him any built-in excuses because he's going to find plenty of his own if he does lose. On top of that, the fact that two states that are are blue, uh, at least for the time being, they've ruled Trump eligible to stay on the ballot, which indicates to me uh, that uh, as much as I don't care for him, there's no case for disqualifying him, at least until he's possibly convicted um, either um, of, of the federal election interference charges or, or um, on the state level in Georgia, which he hasn't been yet. But, uh, you know, the reality of the situation, Renee, is we have two bad choices, right? One might burn down the country accidentally because of his bumbling incompetence, and the other one <laughs> might burn it down purposefully just to stay in power. And, uh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the more we see Joe Biden on TV, the more we hear about Donald Trump saying crazy stuff like immigrate, immigrants are are poisoning the blood of the country the the more just depressed and hopeless i feel for 2024 yeah and the thing is is that he doesn't even need colorado to win so right. this isn't a big deal for him and chances are this this will probably be challenged by the by by the uh federal supreme court and if it gets up to there he'll he'll be rolled back well, and he's gonna ballot. swiftly appeal this he said and, yeah. you know, the bigger threat win. for him is that other states are going to follow suit on this. Yeah. And I really don't think they will. I Like I said, if Michigan and Minnesota haven't, I don't think others will. Right. Um, but the other thing is, the more you let Donald Trump play martyr, the stronger he becomes politically. Right. So. Um, I think that's all that's going to uh, this is going to serve to do. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he signed a new law that would allow state officials to arrest migrants trying to cross the border legislation, which would allow the uh, state of Texas to deport the captured migrants would make it a misdemeanor to illegally cross the border the first time and a felony punishable up to 20 years in jail if they try again, which uh, look. I don't think it's a terrible idea to to allow other law enforcement agencies to help patrol the border, but 20 years in prison. Yeah, that's, that's pretty asinine. strict. Where are you going to your prisons are going to become so overcrowded. This is a logistical nightmare. It is. Uh, I mean, the footage you see on TV shows that this is going to become a logistical nightmare when you see how many thousands of people on a daily basis are coming into the borders. Yeah, I mean, there was a new record on Monday, I think uh, 12,000 migrants um, tried to cross into the border. That's more than any single day in history. They need help. They do need help. However, they right. talked to a sheriff of one of the border counties and he says, look, I've got no room in my jail for more people. 
So what are we going to do? All and, resources and are going to be used on that in that area. Right. Uh, so the ACLU is suing. To me, uh, this is something that kind of went under the radar. I find this appalling. Federal appeal court, they upheld the law that said border agents cannot cut barbed wire at uh, at the border, which was being challenged by the DOJ, which means people are going to get stuck on this barbed wire. They're just going to stay there. So are mm-hmm. they just going to sit there and suffer until they die? I mean, think about how horrific and hellish that is. Inhumane. And, uh, yeah. And so yeah, I think Governor uh, Greg Abbott is a bit out of control and he needs to start thinking of, yes, we do not want people coming and going over the border, but you have to remember that they're also um, human beings as well. Right. And, uh, Real quick here before we hit the break, United States, they've launched a new global coalition along with 10 other countries to defend shipping channels in the Red Sea from Iranian backed Houthi rebel attacks from Yemen, who vow to continue blocking the popular trade route until Israel lifts its blockade in Gaza. Senior Israeli officials said that U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told Benjamin Netanyahu and his defense minister that America is concerned about the potential impact on the economy that the attacks could have on the um, have on us and uh, large companies such as BP and uh, Mareske, a cargo transport giant have stopped shipping oil and goods via the Red Sea. So they have to go all the way around Africa, wow. which could add up to 10 days to each trip and could add uh, a lot of money uh, to, to the price of gas. Um, and real quick, Renee, um, because uh, this kind of went under the radar, but Google uh, has, made a huge antitrust settlement yeah it's expanding billing options in its app store as part of a 700 million dollar settlement in an antitrust lawsuit brought by attorneys general from 36 states in washington dc the lawsuit that accused the company of anti-competitive conduct in its play store operations was one of several antitrust civil cases the tech giant was facing google will pay 630 million dollars into a settlement fund for customers and 70 million in into a fund uh, that'll be used by states. Google announced the new details of the agreement that was reached in September, including that developers will be able to show different pricing options within the app when a user makes a digital purchase. So now Google's Play's billing system for their U.S. users can choose which option to use when making in-app purchases. Uh, So they're going to have different options when they're buying their apps. So that's kind of, uh, yeah. So instead of just this is what you pay for the the app, you're going to have different options now. And I think some people might be getting money back, but don't quote me on that. It's it's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Well, people are mad about this price increase for Lions season tickets, Renee. And, and I don't blame them. Um, the Lions are not quite yet in the playoffs. I mean, they are, but not officially. And they're already jacking up the prices uh, of season tickets for n- next season. I guess earlier this week, Lions sent out ticket renewals uh, with uh, prices increase an average of 30% on season tickets. But some have gone up as high as 85%. And the wait list for the season has grown from 6,300 seats to more than nine thousand and i get it it's supply and demand there's almost ten thousand people on the wait list but i i think i think this is kind of a crummy thing to do to your fans well it's a bit premature uh the lions argument is that this is their first significant ticket price increase since 2018 uh yeah. well timing hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right well and here's the thing too i mean um you know let's just say god forbid 
that the Lions go out and in the first round of the playoffs, they get trucked like has been happening since since the 90s. Um, I, I feel like this wait list is going to shrink quite a bit. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I, it, to me, I feel like what they're trying to do is price out the long-term loyal fans that might not be able to uh, afford the ticket prices price increases because there's 10,000 people waiting in the wings to play, to pay these higher prices. And uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think again, I understand it's a business, but um, you know, when it comes to all the ways that NFL teams make money, um, as far as I know, they make the majority of their money off the TV deal. Um, And I've, I've heard that owning an NFL franchise is almost like a, a, a license to print money. I feel like this isn't really necessary. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. It is a bit greedy. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I, I can understand if if these went up thirty to eighty percent over the next three, four seasons, where the success has well, been sure. sustained. But you know, and here's the thing: we're we're having a blast watching the team on the field. We're rooting for the team on the field. Dan Campbell, Jared Goff. You know, they, they're they're giving us something to cheer for legitimately for the first time in a long time. But organizationally, sometimes the lines just do stuff that make me scratch my head and say, come on, man. How about do a salad for the people that have been there for you <laughs> through yeah. all the heartbreak, all the years, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, at, at least maybe keep, uh, you know, keep the prices low for one season. The reason why prices haven't gone up since 2018 is because the Lions have stunk since 2018. Right. And before. Right. So there wasn't the uh, there wasn't the supply and demand there. Um, but I, I guess some good news for Detroit sports fans, you may be able to watch the Wings, the Tigers and the Pistons on Amazon Prime soon. Um Back in March, Diamond Sports, the parent company of Valley Sports, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And last month, they actually announced plans to liquidate their assets. And then according to a report in Bloomberg at the Wall Street Journal, Amazon has actually expressed interest in investing in Diamond Sports Regional Sports Network, which has the rights to more than 40 professional baseball, basketball and hockey teams. And I I think this would be great for sports fans and consumers. I mean, most people already have Amazon Prime. It's not too expensive. I don't know if you know how much it is off the top of your I, head, Renee. I but think it's, not it's much. around $140 a year, I believe. I don't know. I yeah, just so renew that, it. I don't, I don't really look yeah. at it. I need it. Uh, so, I do it. Yeah. I mean, so that's, you know, that's less than $15 a month. Right. Um, and, and you get so much with Amazon Prime from from the shipping to, you know, all the online content, the NFL games. Yeah. Um. I, I'm not a big so, fan of watching sports on Prime. I'll be honest, because you still get all those commercials. They're all Amazon Prime commercials. It's kind of annoying a little bit. Were you guys well, a big fan of the Black Friday game this year? <laughs> I don't think I I did. I did tune into it briefly. It wasn't a really bad matchup. It was the it was Jets there. and Dolphins. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, I mean, the, at least the Dolphins were worth tuning yeah. into. But, um, but, but to Renee's point, I, I, I do agree with you. It's it's not as easy to kind of flip around watching a game on prime like you. you you're you're committed to that. Because yeah. You don't you. You know, if you're watching it on like your YouTube TV or you're watching it on cable, you can flip. You know, you can flip to the game, flip away for commercials or if right. there's more than one game, it's you a can commitment. flip around. 
Yeah. Well, on Amazon Prime, you're on Amazon Prime right. unless you want to be switching apps. So I would like to maybe see an option where these games, you know, Amazon works out a deal where these games can be carried on um, either the cable services or your services like YouTube TV or Sling. Because mm. um, me personally, I have YouTube TV. I think it's great. I love um, it. Same. Yeah. It's got a traditional interface like cable. Um, but there's no ballys on it. So I can't even tell you the last time I actually watched a, a wings tigers or pistons game because they were on the ballys app. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay whatever 1999 a month for, for three teams that, you know, aren't worth the price of admission, at least right now, um, especially the pistons. So I, I think what happens if, if you make these games inaccessible to local sports fans, they're, they're not, you know, they're just going to fall away from you. Right. So, um, but I mean, this could also be good for the league and the teams because Amazon is willing to pay a lot of money for rights to the teams as well. And, and, you know, they, they have the money. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Renee. I, uh, um, you know, I, 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 th I think the, the product, the sports product on Amazon has improved greatly, but I do wish that there was a little more channel surfability, uh, for lack of a Ooh, better word. I like that yeah. term. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I guess I'll patent it. I'll put it on Urban Dictionary. It'll be one of the words of the year next year. Right up there with Riz. Riz. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is kind of nuts. Ann Arbor City Council, they approved a ban on gas powered leaf blowers. 10 to nothing unanimously at this week's Crazy. meeting. Citing noise and pollution. So um, use of leaf blowers, they'll still be allowed from October through May. I guess for the snow or to finish, you know, your, your fall cleanup, but will completely be banned in January, 2028, giving landscapers and contractors to buy new gear, I guess. Now, <laughs> Ann Arbor resident and former city council member, um, I lost her name, but she said that lawn care workers will be happy to not be abused by having to wear gasoline backpacks <laughs> and endangered every day. How does she know? Is this lady a landscaper? I don't know. This is nuts. Okay, I understand the noise, but, you know, there's a noise ordinance time. You know, I, I, I get right. it if it's late at night or very early in the morning, but is it that intrusive? I feel like lawnmowers make more noise sometimes than these things. And, and well, what? Are you still allowed to use a gas lawnmower? Well, it's funny you say that because um, they've uh, they've also banned, like, two-cycle powered lawn equipment. Uh, leaf blowers. I, I don't know if weed whackers or chainsaws. I think they're tr weed whackers can be two cycles. Yeah, so that that might be one of the things that they banned. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're slowly chipping away at all of it. I th oh I, I think they're gosh. trying to get there, Renee. I I I just don't. You know. Lawn equipment's very expensive. So, know. you know, to, well, to have to go and buy all new lawn equipment because I don't want to get a fine is just insane. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because violations will carry fines of $100 to $250. But Which is the cost worry. sometimes, $250. You can't. You want to get nuts? <laughs> Come on. Let's get nuts. That is nuts. Keith. You know, I mean, um, this this could be terrible because then if I don't cut my grass because I can't afford to buy a new right. weed whipper, then I'm going to get fined. I mean, it's just. Well, have no fear, Renee, because the money collected from these fines will be used to help low income residents <laughs> and small businesses buy electric leaf blowers. <laughs> people.
who are going to get fined because they can't afford a new new leaf blower. Oh, my goodness. This sounds bananas. Doesn't that sound like the world's most useless charity? It sounds like Uh, a lot of Karens is what this (laughs) sounds like. Uh, Yes. I run a charity that provides (laughs) electronic lawn equipment to low-income residents. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's as the kids say, it's the audacity for me. You know, if I... If I am a landscaping business, I'm not transitioning away from gas leaf blowers. I'm transitioning away from Ann Arbor. Right. I mean, I mean unless I get a really great contract like the big house or something, it, it, it it's heavy handed. And I cannot. And like you said, Renee, I can understand a no- noise ordinance saying you can't use gas powered um, leaf blowers between like 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Or something, or, but no, after I mean, not, before nine a.m. and after nine p.m. That's why I'm saying. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, you can't. <laughs> this is just you, you can only use it between nine and nine, right? Um, I, I mean, here's the thing: uh, it might just be cheaper for businesses to not serve customers in the city than transition over their entire fleet or their entire inventory, right, because of, then you uh, have to charge the battery operated ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. You got you got to keep you probably have to keep a bunch of batteries backed up and charged in the in the in the van or the truck. Right. Which batteries aren't cheap. Um, if you don't charge them the night before and you don't have the money to retrofit your, you know, your work truck to to have charging capabilities. Um, this is a big headache. I just love that lady. Uh, they will be happy to not be abused by having to wear gasoline <laughs> backpacks and be endangered every day. Personally, I okay. like the smell of gasoline too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's here's the upside the of cutting the grass for me. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you know, these electronic leaf blowers they they might be easier to use and more convenient than than gas powered. But I think that should be left up to the professional, right. don't you? I, I didn't realize this was such a problem. Right. Exactly. Right. Probably one person on city council was woken up on a Saturday and they decided to make an ordinance or something. Right. Um. And real quick, there's going to be some changes to, uh, to to parking in downtown Detroit. Yeah, the city of Detroit's municipal parking department has announced new changes to parking enforcement in four recently established resident, residential parking zones to take effect January 2nd through February with one zone at a time. The new changes will also include the addition of Sunday enforcement of parking safety violations, including blocking fire hydrants, alleys, or driveways beginning January 7th. Previously, these violations were only enforced Monday through Saturday. So beginning in 2024, enforcement in residential parking zones will take place seven days a week, including holidays. Metered street parking will remain free on Sundays. According to city officials, the new zones were created following requests from residents who say it has become more difficult to find parking near their homes due to increased traffic from nearby restaurants and entertainment venues, especially at night. Residential parking permits will now be required in City Council approved residential parking zones and can be purchased by registering at parkdetroit.us. So residents must pay for permits and they will be active for one year. And there's going to be four different types of residential permits that will be available uh, with each residence being entitled to two to three different permits depending on the zone. And then there's going to be three sub-permit types available for residents to ensure that visitors, caregivers, and service providers will also be able to find parking 
parking when needed in these residential parking zones. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is necessary. There are people who live in the city who can't park in front of their own house because yeah. those of us coming in from out of town are looking for free parking. That has to be frustrating. All right, get you ready for JR Morning next. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And as always, we are joined by Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, and Jamie Edmonds heading into JR Morning. And uh, uh, last night, I, I I would classify it as a bombshell. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Colorado Supreme Court ordering Donald Trump off the 2024 presidential primary ballot under the 14th Amendment Clause, which bars anyone from showing up on the ballot who engages in insurrectionist activity, citing January 6th. And uh, I... I see this going to the Supreme Court, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to overturn it. They I, better I, hurry I, up. Yep. <laughs> they have a their January 5th <laughs> deadline. Yeah. They're printing the ballots on January 5th. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. as I said Go before, ahead. even even if this, this happens, he doesn't even need Col- or he doesn't even need Colorado to win. Yeah, but whatever the Supreme Court does could be a precedent, precedent. for other states. That's right. Yeah, it right. forces the hand. And it's and it still raises the specter and the precedent of four unelected judges. I mean, this was a 4-3 split. This wasn't like a blue state going full bore unanimous on this. You got four unelected judges basically telling the rest of the nation, yeah, we're going to tilt this election in, the, in our favor. Mm-hmm. Think of that. And these are the yeah. same people on, on the left that would normally scream disenfranchisement. If you promote or propose a very simple election security, <laughs> you know, proposal. I think what happened on January 6th is unprecedented, though. And so it's not just political. It's abhorrent in every way. Yes. But you, yeah. you, you're you going to, you know, what they're basically doing, they convicted him of insurrection without a charge, without a trial, and without due process. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know, it, put me in the neither column. I don't want to see either one of these guys running, but I well, don't think I this think is most the way people feel that way yeah. at this point. This the is other not the way candidates you do it. said it yesterday yeah. too. Well, and I, you know, we've seen similar, uh, we've seen similar challenges here in Michigan, in Minnesota, a couple of, for the time being, blue states that uh, that ruled to keep Donald Trump on the ballot. Um, so that that kind of shows me that this this was a bit of a rogue decision. Um, to Renee's point, I think that uh, Colorado is probably going to be the only state that does this. Maybe California takes a shot at it. But um, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, and like you said, they, they better hurry up. Um, I, I, I think that this is going to go down in flames. But um, I, I don't know if he's still allowed on the ballot while he's appealing or if he stays off the ballot while he's appealing. But uh, um, yeah, it, it was quite shocking. And the thing with, with Donald Trump, the more you try to make, uh, the the more you try to make a martyr out of him, the more he uses it to his advantage. Oh yeah, so, because he's fundraising. Are going to go up. He's being indicted. He, he did for not you. mention it at the rally. Yes, right. that's right. That's a You're quote. In the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bit of a Jesus complex there, yeah, I a think. little bit. Um, yeah. But he's, you know, he 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 didn't mention. Uh, surprisingly, didn't mention it in his rally last night. And uh, really, no, no, he didn't. But um, he is fundraising off of it. Off of it. You know, uh, that's uh, his campaign is very quick to do that. So, yeah, he's going to turn this into a positive. He always yeah, does. And, yeah, and so uh, 
we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I I think if anything, this is just this is just kicking a hornet's nest, and uh, it's it's going to do nothing but but benefit him and and probably uh, push Joe Biden down into the poll in the polls. Uh, you know when they they do the head to head scenarios, can he go any further? More. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, low. He actually, yeah, he actually owes some points now. Uh, he's in he's in debt of the points. <laughs> That's right. right. Uh, the Lions uh, raising season ticket prices. I understand supply and demand, but uh, I, I think they could have maybe waited to to make sure that uh, this improvement sustained itself for a couple seasons. I just think this is what happens in the NFL. And when the team gets good, the prices go up. Like if you go to a 49ers game, expensive. Yeah. If you go to an Eagles game, expensive. And the Lions... Ticket prices have been so low for Jaguars so long. Jaguars game, not expensive. We are the third most <laughs> affordable team to take your family to see. Yeah. And have been for a long, long time. Well, so we've got to be unaffordable. Uh, they, they've been paying <laughs> for their lack of success. Now they get to cash in. Yeah. Well, I can I'll tell only... you, it was nice when we went to New Orleans. It was only $50 a ticket to check out the Lions. Wow. <laughs> it was great. I'll only... I'll only pay it if they hire Lloyd as the fight song singer. (laughs) (laughs) It's a holdout. Jared Morning coming up next. Macomb County Sheriff's Department made a huge human trafficking bust of massage parlors all over the metro Detroit area. And Macomb County Sheriff Anthony Wickersham talks about it with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz. If you live in Macomb County, you may have been shocked, or you're maybe going to be shocked right now to learn about this, that this human trafficking ring has been operating in, you know, local spas, local businesses in Macomb County, something maybe you didn't imagine could happen uh, in your own backyard. The fact of the matter is this is happening uh, everywhere. So this investigation, Kevin, by Macomb County Sheriff's deputies uncovered a pretty widespread human trafficking ring that really stretches across international borders is where it all starts. Tom, I'm so glad uh, Macomb County uh, Sheriff's Department uh, took this on. You know, human trafficking uh, doesn't get uh, all the headlines like mansion robberies do, uh, but human trafficking destroys so many lives. And and, and to to get involved in a human trafficking operation, you you just can't believe the number of resources it takes. And and resources are limited for law enforcement. Uh, So for uh, Macomb County Sheriff and uh, Anthony Wickersham, and, and his agency to to get involved to the extent they did uh, and to bring down this uh, operation is just, I can't say enough about it. Uh, joining us now is Sheriff Wickersham. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate you being here. Um, how, how did how did this come to uh, to uh, the knowledge of your, your investigative team and, and, and how difficult was it to put this together? Well, you know, it started with a, an anonymous tip about a location in Macomb County uh, that uh, was alleged that these acts were occurring. Uh, so my sheriff's enforcement team, which is, a, you know, a five-person team, uh, began the investigation. And that was, again, almost over a year and a half ago. And as the investigation continued, it just continued to grow with multiple locations and different uh, players involved and um 54 search warrants to continue the investigation uh, before last week uh, we conducted nine search warrants and um, received three arrest warrants. Wow. Anonymous tip. Uh, we always say, see something, say something. In this case, uh, you know, saved the lives potentially of some of these victims. Uh, tell, tell us, 
you know, how, how does this how does this go on, you know, around us underneath our eyes without without us realizing it? And what does it do to the, the, the people who get caught up in this? And I'm talking about the victims. Yeah. In this, you know, these situations, you have these local uh, massage parlors and, um, you know, they, they, they set up under a legitimate uh, type business. But uh, then they start, uh, you know, having these services and sexual acts performed inside of them. And, um, you know, they, they have the clientele that will come in there. But, you know, through these investigations, our, you know, our detectives uh, found that speaking with uh, what we originally thought were defendants and uh, later through investigations, you know, now we determine, that, you know, these are victims. These women were, were brought here um, on, on visa, temporary work visas, and, and put to work in there. But uh, it wasn't a legitimate business. They weren't paid hourly wages. Everything was based on the sexual acts they performed and the tips they received. You know, we keep hearing about the, the, I guess, the abuse of the visa system that we have in terms of immigration policy in this country. In this case, you know, involved, of course, Macomb County Sheriff deputies in your department, but also the U.S. Border Patrol for these kind of visa overstays. Uh, what does that imply, I mean, for our immigration system, immigration policy and enforcement in this country when it comes to these types of crimes? Well, again, from the local level, it's it's great that we have our partners at the federal level that, you know, when we encounter this type of situation that we're able to reach out. And, again, in this uh, this investigation and uh, the day of all the search warrants, we not only had Border Patrol, we had FBI, uh, local offices from Oakland and Macomb County, uh, State Gaming Division. Uh, we had more law enforcement agencies assisting us in this investigation which, you know, we need because, as a, you know, we are a large agency, but uh, an investigation of this magnitude needed additional resources. You know, we're hearing so much. I mean, we've we've got the issue right now of these Chilean games, gangs coming into our various counties in Michigan and robbing these, you know, homes, these mansions and or burglarizing them, I should say. And then we hear about this situation. A lot of these, you know, syndicates, this one was from overseas in China. Um, how does this all connect to, I guess, broader concerns about these international crime syndicates that are a- operating right, right underneath our noses? Well, I guess, you know, obviously the main concern is, you know, individuals that are coming to the United States. Uh, you know, are, are we vetting them? Are they, what are, they, are they legitimately here? Um, is the work that they're doing legitimate? Uh, there are obviously a lot of individuals that come to Michigan and work, whether it's the construction industry or the agricultural industry that are here on, on work visas and, and, and do a great job. So um, whether it's at the federal level or, or at the local level, uh, it's for us to be able to identify and make sure the people are here are, are here legitimately and, and doing what they came here to do. One of the differences between those two cases is, you know, nobody nobody is asking to be robbed. But but here in this case, the demand is coming from from local people, local customers that are that are going in and purchasing these services. Is is there more we can do on the demand side, trying to um, either go after the demand side or educate the community? Well, we're hoping that with this investigation, we do educate the community and the fact that, uh, you know, these type of uh, establishments aren't legitimate and what's going on inside of them. Um, as we said yesterday in our press conference, you know, some of these are, are hard to to prosecute the individuals, the clients will say going in there, you know, unless we're witnessing the act or, you know, the individual comes forward. Um, you know, this is a lot different than, 
back when we were doing street prostitution and we had individuals coming into the community, we would arrest those individuals, you know, and put their pictures out there and kind of a way of, you know, shaming them and, you know, not have them come to our communities and get rid of prostitution. You know, I, I just think about, okay, this is one situation, and I'm grateful that you, you busted this ring, but there's got to be far more victims in Michigan of human trafficking. I mean, the State Department says there's about 17,000, I think, sex trafficking victims every year in the country. I don't know how that breaks down by state, but can you give uh, just kind of a, um, I don't know if it's a warning or what, but th- th- this is a prevalent problem and crisis, not just in this country, but here in the state of Michigan. Exactly. It's, um, you know, the individuals that are here, this, uh, again, the massage parlor and other legal, illegal establishments uh, just provide a, um, you know, a, an avenue, a, a way of uh, a criminal enterprise uh, here. And, and we know that this is just a small portion of what we did, and it took us this long to get to this point. Good news, Renee. Yes. Caribou coffee is coming back. Well, it's about time. Yeah, and I thought it was gone forever, but the first location opened up Monday in Ferndale. Another one's going to open up in Allen Park. It went away uh, 10 years ago, but then came back five years later inside an Einstein bagel. Uh, this the, the one on uh, in Ferndale, it's going to be in Woodward in the old subway, and I hope out, they all look like log cabins again. It's going to be between eight and nine mile, right? It will. Uh, it's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale.